0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Jump Ball. This is not one of your traditional Jump Ball episodes. This is one of our bonus content episodes. Thanks for tuning in. This should be our second one. We're airing our first two episodes the same week. Uh, You should have listened. If you haven't yet, go back and listen to Adam's Territorial Picks one. Great uh, great listen. Learned a lot about, you know, stuff Adam cares about and stuff the people in their grave care about. So... (laughs) Oh, so mean. <laughs> So, yeah, go back and give that a listen. But uh, like I, like Adam mentioned in the first one, we're all going to have our little niche. Something we're going to focus in on. Adam's going to do a weird old thing, as he talked about. Uh, and my bonus content, we are just going – what we're going to do is we're going to talk about – I'm calling it the rookie year. So I'm just going to pick one player out of NBA history. And I think – in my head, the only constraint I'm going to put on myself is they have to be retired. So if they retire, they qualify for you know, the rookie year bonus content. So And the way I'm going to break these episodes down is I got four like, sub- subjects that we'll talk about. So the, uh, part of the, the first one, the first subject is going to be the league. When they're coming in like the year prior, what's the league looking like? Teams are good, teams are bad. Who won MVP, rookie of the year? Who won all that stuff? Then we'll talk about the player. How they were in college, you know, awards, accolades, all that stuff. What type of guy they were. Hey. And then after we talk about the player, we're going to talk about the lottery and the draft process, the pre-draft process, all that stuff. Because I think that, like, especially in this episode, the lottery plays a huge part into where this player goes, and which is going to make Adam very, very sad. And then we'll get into the rookie year. After you know everything, you know the player, you know the league, you know you know the lottery and where everyone goes. Then we'll get into their rookie year, how they did, and you know, let's we'll wrap up from there. So the first, the first the the rookie, the first rookie we are talking about today. And if you're keeping up with modern basketball, uh, you just probably maybe heard Victor Wembanyama win number one overall to the Spurs. Okay, so we're going to talk about another Spurs legend. We're going to talk about Tim Duncan today. We're going to talk about Tim Duncan's rookie year because Tim's rookie year is crazy. And the way he got to San Antonio is even crazier. So we're going to dive right in. We're going to go into the league what was the league looking like when Kevin Garnett was going to be there the next year?
1: So you just said Kevin Garnett? That's not right. I you wish meant we were, Tim Duncan. I
0: wish we were talking about Kevin Garnett, but <laughs> we're talking about Tim Duncan, of course. So, uh, and I think Kevin Garnett's already in the league at this point. He should be. Cause he's uh, yeah, drive- yeah, he, yeah. He was
1: ninety. He was ninety-five. Yeah. And, yeah.
0: All right, so the league. Uh, we're looking at the 96-97 season, obviously. If you know anything about uh, 90s basketball, the Bulls are still winning, right? They, just, they just beat the, j- the Jazz in the midst of their 3 P, you know, with MJ, Scottie, and Rodman. And if you listen to the territorial picks, that could have been Kevin Garnett.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Could have been. Could have been.
0: Could have been. And then that year, I think that's the year uh, Carl Malone won the MVP. And then AI was Rookie of the Year. So the best teams at this point in the league, MJ and the Bulls, obviously we know they're there. The Jazz, who were in the finals against the Bulls, you know, that's the Stockton and Malone duo that they ran. They spanned the pick and roll for years. And then uh, a surprising team that I didn't think this team was that good, but then I, I looked at their roster, and it was the Miami Heat. So they had Tim Hardaway, Alonzo Mourning, and our boy Pat Riley was their head coach. And then the Knicks had Ewing and John Starks. The East was very, very strong at this point in the 90s. The West, not so much. Now, some of the worst teams in the league at this point, was the Vancouver Grizzlies. They were a 14-win team in 96-97, and the only notable names, obviously, Bryant Reeves, big country himself, and uh, Adam's boy. The only reason I included this is because Adam likes him. Sharif Abdur-Rahim.
1: Underrated. Criminally underrated.
0: I mean, he's on a 14-win Grizzly team. How underrated can he really be?
1: I'm hmm, I'm just saying a team I I know where you're kind of going with this if that team was big country if Shar- Sharif Abdurrahim and Tim Duncan that is that would be probably my favorite basketball team of all time <laughs> cuz they're they're fast like they're, they're quick speedy guy would be 6 foot 10 Sharif Abdurrahim
0: quick and speedy that's what we want <laughs>
1: It would be just a molasses of a team.
0: Uh, one of the, one of the other worst teams, actually, only one win better than that Vancouver Grizzly team is Adams Boston Celtics. Fifteen wins on the scene. That was rookie Antoine Walker, and the only other name uh, of any value to us, to the modern, the casual fan, Alton Lister. Have no idea who that guy is. Adam. he he gets brought up on our podcast way too much Alton Lister does
1: he he gets brought up because people will like mention him and then everyone will go why do we know that guy and then I'll have to say the story of why we all know that guy do you know what it is no it's when Sean Kemp does the dunk (laughs) on the guy and then he points at him on the ground he points at Alton Lister
0: (sighs) poor Alton and then, coming in as the third worst team in the league that year, that is the San Antonio Spurs. Notable names, David Robinson, Vennie Del Negro, Dominique is there. An old Dominique. And only reason I put him on the list is because he's the head coach in the NBA now, is Monty Williams. And so now, you're thinking, okay, the Spurs had David Robinson. How did they only win 20 games? David Robinson... Could win 20 games on his own if he really wanted to. Well, coming into that season, David Robinson had a back injury Injury preseason. He eventually worked through that, came back for six games, then fractured his foot and was out the remainder of the season. He did come back and sit out in mid-July. Probably could have played, but we'll talk about that later.
1: Yeah, that old fractured foot. mm -hmm. Pretty convenient injury.
0: Yep. And so, uh, and other reasons why they weren't that great, uh, two-time All-Star Sean Elliott was hurt that season. I think he only played like 39 games. And Chuck Parsons, a three-point specialist that was really big for spacing the floor for that Spurs team, was also hurt that year. So, that is the league Tim Duncan is coming into. Now, let's talk about Tim Duncan. So, Tim Duncan... (laughs) Uh, stood at 6'11-248. He attended Wake Forest and he was all four years at Wake Forest. Uh, what type of guy was he, Adam? He was a 16.5 points per game, 12.3 rebounds, about two assists per game, and about four blocks per game at Wake Forest. So now, Tim Duncan did about everything you could in college basketball. Wooden Award winner, Naismith Award winner, 96-97 AP Player of the Year. And he graduated with a psychology degree from Wake Forest. So it's not the easiest degree because you see a lot of college athletes now, if they do graduate from school, it's like a communications degree. So, you know, Tim, Tim challenged himself in the classroom. Hall of Famer at Wake Forest and, of course, he was the clear-cut number one overall pick for the NBA draft. Now, this is where stuff gets interesting. So the la- the lottery and the pre-draft process. So as I talked about earlier, the Vancouver Grizzlies are in the league, and they are just an expansion team. They're pretty new. Uh, so they, due to the expansion league draft rules, they cannot win the lottery. And the Toronto Raptors, also pretty new. They also couldn't win the lottery. So those two were eliminated from, win, uh, from being number one overall pick. I think actually top three. Those, the, the Grizzlies and the Raptors couldn't be top three that year just because of the expansion draft. So now, your Boston Celtics, Adam had a 36% chance of winning the number one overall pick due to them having their own pick which was second worst and they also had Dallas's pick that year. They finished 6th in the in the NBA. So they had two top 10 picks. One being top 2. 36% chance of winning the lottery. Now,
1: It's a lock, baby. It's a lock. Put the farm on it.
0: And you know what's funny about that? Tim Duncan is quoted in saying that he thought he was going to Boston. He thought there was no shot. He was going anywhere else but Boston. Now.
1: Yeah, it was destiny.
0: I'm going to give you the top three teams. Obviously, you know who's number one. The top three teams are Boston with a 36% chance of winning. The Spurs at a 21% chance. And then Philadelphia, those sly dogs themselves, (laughs) got in the top three with only a 12% chance of winning the lottery. Now, the way it shook out, Boston got third. They dropped, and they dropped hard. Philly, second overall. With a 12% chance, they got all the way up to second. So that means Greg Popovich and his Spurs were number one overall that year. So now, obviously, Tim goes to the Spurs, and he's quoted in saying, and then Boston goes third. And I remember getting up from my couch and standing on the table watching TV, like, "Holy crap! I'm not going to Boston!" Like in my head, I was that's where I was going, just from the percentage chances. I was like, "I'm not going to Boston," and I'm standing on the table in the middle of the room, living room. And Philly comes up with a number two pick. And I'm like, holy crap. I get to play with David Robinson. Are you kidding me? This is awesome for development. As Tim Duncan recalled himself. So, uh, so obviously, Tim goes one. Uh, Keith Van Horn goes to Philly at number two. And then, Adam, your Celtics take Chauncey Big Shot Billets. Good pick. I mean... I think he's the clear-cut number three pick in this draft because I wrote down some other notable names from this draft. Nobody else in the first round was notable to me. Maybe to you they could have been. But the only notable names I had, and they were from the second round, was Steven Jackson was a late second rounder, and God Sham God in the second as well. Now, Adam, do you know what happened to God Sham God? Like, why? Like, I don't. Like, I should have done more research for asking this question. But, like, I have no idea. Like, he invented the move. But, like, that's it.
1: I I, I did watch, like, a weird YouTube documentary on God Sham God once. And I don't remember anything, like, crazy from it. So I I think it might literally have been just, like, he just couldn't cut it. Just couldn't cut it. Yeah, he made the move, and then everybody else was better at the move and also everything else at basketball.
0: <laughs> I mean, he—I mean, his move will forever live on. So now, Tim is on the Spurs, and we're getting into Tim's rookie year. So joining a fully healthy David Robinson and others. Dominique's not there anymore. No Dominique. And coached, obviously, by the great Greg Popovich. Tim started and played all 82 games that season. Didn't miss a game, and I don't think it was really a question if he was going to start or not. He just got inputted right there at the 4 next to David Robinson. The Spurs finished that year with a 56-26 and record. They went to the playoffs and lost in the semis to the Jazz in 5. Who went on to lose to the Bulls?
1: <laughs> Sorry, someone drove a really
0: loud car outside my window. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, they went on to the playoffs Lost in the semis, like I said Jazz and five went, uh, went on to lose to the Bulls In the championship that year Now, what kind of guy was Tim in His rookie year, you asked? Well, Tim's drafted 21 points As a rookie He's also grabbing 12 boards a game 3 assists And about 2.5 blocks per game I mean Absolutely Dominant as a rookie Now All-star his rookie year Not It's kind of hard these days As a rookie to come in and be an all-star So Him I mean when you're dropping 21 a game 21 and 12 How are you not on the all-star team He went 5th in MVP voting that year As a rookie wow. coming into the league He finished 5th that year David Robinson Finished 7th That year So, Tim Duncan, more valuable than David Robinson, question mark? I'd give it to you. Uh, Now, the rookie of the year voting. Now, this is something I couldn't figure out or just there was no information on it in my research. So, we are all accustomed to now, for finalists, there's three of them. There's always three finalists for every award. For the 2001 rookie of the year voting, there was only two. Only two finalists. And it was between Tim and Keith. If you look at every other year. Some years there's even four. But maybe they're because of the only two rookies that received votes. I'm not 100% sure. But like now it's clear cut. There will be three. But back then it was kind of the wild wild west I guess. Because two. Normally three. Sometimes there's four. But the max points. I think the max amount of votes they could get. For like first and second Their max total Could only total up to 116 Tim Received 113 votes Damn Keith got three And that And those three Is absolute There's There's no They just wanted to be different Whoever had those votes there's like You know you got the clear cut Rookie of the year He just finished fifth In MVP voting And you don't think He's gonna win Rookie of the year
1: Yeah or just like hometowners.
0: Yeah, some Philly riders probably.
1: Yeah. I I I feel like the finalists thing. Yeah, it had to have just been they didn't get the votes. Like because uh, like if they do have like hypothetically, of course, if Victor Wembanyama comes out this year and he scores averages 30 and 20, right? And leads the Spurs to a conference finals or whatever. Like he's going to be ring the year with that, that stat. With that resume, and if Mm -hmm. every person just votes for Victor, and is like, unless they they have to do like ranked voting, I guess then that makes it
0: right. They do. I think nowadays they do rank. They do like first, second, third. But from Basketball Reference, from what I got, it was just max points. So 116 was the cap they could get. Tim had 113. Now Tim finished All NBA First Team as a rookie. He finished all. Uh, NBA defensive team, or second. Second all-NBA defensive team. And finished all-rookie first team that year. And so, I mean, that's just his rookie year. Like, he comes out strong. I think next next year, he, I think he gets hurt because he only plays 52 games. He's not even an all-star that year. But, like, historic rookie year for the two-time MVP and the five-time NBA champion. Now, this... The reason I picked this is because the Warriors did kind of the exact same situation the Spurs did. Is when, if you remember a couple years ago, when the Warriors were awful. Like Clay was out still, Steph fractured his hand, and normally only a six week heal time. Does Steph ever come back? No. Mm hmm. And what do what do they get? The Warriors get the number one the number two overall pick that year. They botch it anyways. They take James Wiseman who's probably gonna end up being a bust at this point. Some
1: people have said he's a bust.
0: Some people did predict that and you predicted that very well.
1: But I was the only person on the planet that predicted that.
0: I, and like the Warriors are at this spot now where they're like they obviously well, they just traded Jordan Poole. 24 for 38 year old Chris Paul which is still weird to me that Chris Paul is going to be a warrior but like they're at this weird point where they have so many young guys that need to play but they can't let go of the dynasty so it's just like what route do you go and they're obviously going towards the older give them you know one last dance essentially that's what I've been hearing so I mean it's kind of you know it's kind of the meta to do I mean, if one of your guys, if one of your top guys goes down, or both of your guys goes down, just sit up, just suck for a year, and then
1: it's a it's a great strategy. I mean, like, because also like there are really no losers at least within your team because like like these guys obviously if you're in the NBA you love playing basketball but if it was like oh hey man I I fractured my hand like I'm gonna be out for six weeks and there was. Fifteen weeks left in the season, and they're like, "Oh, you just want to collect the paycheck for those other nine weeks, like, and then you can probably get you someone really good to play with." It's like, yeah, I'll just collect the checks.
0: Right. It's a it's an easy choice. It truly is. But yeah, that's Tim Duncan in the rookie year. I mean, could have been a Grizzly if it wasn't due to the expansion draft rules. Could have been a, statistically. Should have been a Boston Celtic.
1: Mm-hmm. We didn't need him.
0: You needed him. You, <laughs> you needed him because you didn't win a ring oh. till 08. So you kind of needed him right there. The well, but we had
1: Paul Pierce it. pretty recently from that. So then, like... You know he was pretty cool. I mean, why would we even want Paul Pierce and Tim Duncan? Why would we even want that?
0: Yeah, why would? Yeah, you, that's just imagine too much. Because if Tim Duncan then goes to Boston, they'd never probably trade for KG. So then that wouldn't need
1: to. Yeah. They,
0: they might still go get Ray because he helps base the floor. But like then they, yeah, KG's career is altered by that. He probably doesn't have a ring because he probably stays in Minnesota. So. Yeah. Yes,
1: yeah, so you'd be a winner for this too because you'd still have KG. So
0: I still do have. K- he came back. He. They always come back.
1: They. It was a. It was a pity comeback. It,
0: I, listen, it wasn't great, but he came back, and that's all that matters. But yeah, that's. Uh, that's Tim Duncan. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Like I said, we'll be hopefully dropping maybe these sporadically. We'll have, we'll get on a good time basis with these eventually. But this should be the second one in one week. So two episodes from Jump Ball. I mean, what more can you ask? What I can ask you, though, is you can follow us on Spotify. Leave a five-star review. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. Five stars as well. And also, if you're not looking at my face yet on YouTube, I don't know what you're doing. Go subscribe. Ring that bell. What else do you do on YouTube? Thumbs up the video. (laughs)
1: sure yeah you can do all sorts you can comment it you can yeah share it there's all Ooh, sorts of things you can do it check out yeah. those
0: thumbnails i'm slaving away over here those thumbnails <laughs> <laughs> but no yeah thanks for listening guys and uh we'll be back tuesday of next week with a regular episode when aj's done you know lifing it up out there so until next week guys sign out <laughs>